About two years ago, I hit the wall with it, she said. I said, I was going to listen to my inner voice. The whole vaccination process is based on fear of getting diseases. But I would rather put my faith in God to heal diseases. You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host. And joining me today at the Clinician's Roundtable is Dr. Joseph Bocchini. Dr. Bocchini is a professor and chairman of the Department of Pediatrics at the Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center in Shreveport and chair of the Committee on Infectious Diseases of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Today we are discussing conscientious objector status as the reason to avoid immunization. Hi, Dr. Bocchini. And welcome back to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. The quotation I opened with was from the New York Times article by Fran Silverman, entitled, More Families Are Shunning Inoculations. I know how I feel about this, but should people be free to listen to their own inner voice when it comes to immunizations? Yeah, this is an incredibly important question. And actually, this is a question that has been in existence from the time immunizations began. Immunizations are unique because... Not only do they help the individual, but they really help society as well. So that when an individual is immunized, not only do they protect themselves, but if enough people are immunized, it also protects those individuals who cannot be immunized for one reason or another or do not get an adequate response to achieve protection following immunization. So I think the general public health feeling has been that it is to the benefit of society, and therefore unless there is a very strong medical or religious reason not to get an immunization, that all individuals should be immunized. The dictionary defines conscientious objector as one who, on the basis of his religious and moral principles, refuses to bear arms or participate in military service. Now, as a pediatrician, I mean, sometimes I feel like there really is an army out there battling against immunizations. But how can it be moral to expose your child, your loved ones, to serious diseases that are vaccine-preventable? This is a very important point. There's no question, and there's, there's adequate data, that individuals who choose to not have their children immunized leave their children at a much higher risk of having the diseases that we can clearly easily prevent and safely prevent with the use of vaccines. There are some very good recent examples. There's, a, As many know, there's an outbreak of measles occurring in San Diego right now, which is occurring amongst conscientious objectors in California who chose not to have their children immunized. And there are at least 12 cases of measles within that group of conscientious objectors. There are additional data that come from a variety of studies that show that children who do not get immunized are at increased risk for developing vaccine-preventable diseases. What about complications from diseases? Are they getting more severe disease? Well, they are getting the classic diseases that vaccines prevent. For example, the patients with measles, some have been hospitalized, some have been in an intensive care unit because of the severity of the disease. Another important example is pertussis. Pertussis is a disease that clearly remains endemic within the United States. And there was a recent study published in JAMA in October of 2006, which looked at the incidence of pertussis in those states, in all states, and and then evaluated the incidence relative to whether the state allowed conscientious or philosophical exemptions. And the study showed that there was more than a two times increase in incidence of pertussis in those states that had very easy uh, rules to allow 
individuals to claim conscientious objection or philosophical exemption for vaccines. Sidney Gellis, a true icon in pediatrics, once said something to the effect that an unimmunized child should be excluded from school because why should my kid be exposed unnecessarily to vaccine-preventable diseases? Do you agree with that? Do you agree with Sidney? I think Sidney Gellis, as usual, was right. And I think it's very important to recognize that those children who are unimmunized, not only are they at risk for the disease, but they clearly can be the focus of an, of an outbreak and expose individuals who may not be immunized or may not have had a full response to a vaccine or could not be immunized for a medical reason. So yes, they are at risk. And in fact, they are a risk to other children. In this measles outbreak in San Diego, a number of children needed to be placed in isolation in their homes because they were exposed to measles and had not been immunized, and their parents continued to refuse to allow them to be immunized. So they were required to be quarantined. I'm going to try and pin you down to the question about exclusion. This woman wants to listen to her inner voice. You know, it sounded like what Dr. Gellis was saying is, fine, you know, go ahead, listen to your inner voice, but keep your kid at home. We have 19 states that have passed conscientious objector laws. There's legislation pending in New York and New Jersey. I mean, what would you say to these legislators? I know it's difficult. You represent the American Academy of Pediatrics as chair of the Committee on Infectious Diseases. But if you, Joe Bocchini, private citizen, were called, you know, I don't want to say testify, but, you know, called as an expert to legislation in New York, New Jersey, what would you tell them? If you're going to pass this, should there be restrictions on the unimmunized kids? Yes, I think that if they feel that this should be done, they need to understand the risk this poses to society and poses to other children. And I think that within the legislation, there would need to be some stipulation that those children that are unimmunized are not allowed to enter school or be in school during an outbreak or during the time period where an infection might be very likely within the school or within the community. I'd like to welcome those who are just joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and I'm speaking with Dr. Joseph Bocchini, chair of the American Academy's Committee on Infectious Diseases. We're discussing whether or not one should be allowed to claim conscientious objector status to avoid immunizations. Now, you would exclude the kids during an outbreak, but they're probably the ones who caused it, and as you talked earlier, the concept, you were talking about herd immunity, where, say, 95% of the people are immune and you're protecting those who are either too ill to get vaccines or maybe didn't respond. Now, I mean, it's most likely, as you mentioned with San Diego, it's the unimmunized kid who's bringing this disease into the school. So it's sort of like you can't wait until the disease outbreaks because they're going to be communicable probably for 24, 48 hours before they have symptoms. That's true. It, it does create a dilemma. And again, what this points out is the difference between personal responsibility and to not only an individual but to society and then society's responsibility to protect all of the individuals within the community. I mean, clearly with vaccines, we have a great opportunity to prevent disease and actually school entry mandates for a variety of vaccines have been very, very important in ultimately achieving control of some of the most important vaccine-preventable diseases. So you're right that if a large number of children are in a classroom setting who are not immunized, then they certainly pose a risk to others and to the community. And actually, many of the arguments against immunization really don't come down. Some come down to concerns about immunization, but for many individuals, it's their personal, as you said, inner self making a decision about the vaccine rather than looking at the benefits of the vaccine 
and the benefits to society for using it. Does the American Academy of Pediatrics have an official position regarding conscientious objective status as a way to opt out of immunization? I'm not aware of a specific position on this. I think in general, the feeling is that it is important to have medical exemption, it's important to have religious exemption, but beyond that, that it is not necessary to have a personal exemption. And one of the things that's important, and actually you mentioned relative to legislature, legislation concerning this area, is that if an individual really personally feels that they should not have their children vaccinated, it would be very important for them to have a discussion with their physician so that they have accurate information about the risk that they're taking by not having their child immunized so that if there's allowance of a philosophical exemption, that it's only based on a physician determination that the parent truly wishes to take this risk for their child and understands fully what the risks are to their children and to the community. In fact, that study I mentioned earlier that was in JAMA looked at the difference between states when they allowed a philosophical exemption in which in some states it was more difficult to get the exemption because the parents needed to get approval from a physician, a signed statement from a physician. And in other states, they were allowed just to write on a piece of paper that they did not want to have their child vaccinated. In those states where it was that easy to have a philosophical exemption, the percentage of individuals who took the philosophical exemption was much, much higher. And of course, as a result, that study also showed that the risk of pertussis in those states was as, was higher as well. So I think that it's very important that parents make an informed decision rather than listen to an inner self that may or may not be adequately informed about the risks of these vaccine-preventable diseases. A patient comes into your office and says, Dr. Bocchini, I conscientiously object to immunizations. Do you have specific criteria, again, whether it be religious, moral, or conscientious objective reasons? Could you give us, say, you know, here are the criteria I would expect someone to fulfill, or do they just need to convince you that they're for real? Well, I think that there certainly are some religious groups that believe that any medication or any injection represents a, a violation of their self, and those religions are well-established. Right, and I don't think any of us would have any qualms with that. Right, so I think that all of us would agree that that's not a problem and would go ahead for that. On the other hand, I think that what I would recommend, and I think this would be the general recommendation amongst the, the pediatric group of physicians, is that you continue to work with these parents and that although they may make the case that they believe that there's something wrong about immunizing their child and they choose not to do it, that we continue to work with them in our practices to remind them of the importance of immunization and to educate them about the information that's available that shows the great success of immunization and the benefits for their children. And hopefully over time, that might change their mind about whether they should allow their children to receive vaccines. Now, some of the objectors object to one particular vaccine. Others object to all vaccines. And again, I think on an individual basis, one-on-one, -on -one, I think that you have to make a decision as to how far to push to see if you can educate these parents to, to make an appropriate decision. Have you ever discussed this issue with an ethicist or have you ever recommended that, you know, the parents speak with an ethicist? I have not, but that's a very interesting suggestion. And I think that, as we talked about earlier, we're trying to balance individual rights with the rights of society to protect the community based on a very well-established, available, preventive method. And so that's not an unreasonable suggestion to consider having parents do that.
in terms of working with the parents, which I certainly do that. Unfortunately, I don't have too much resistance to immunizations. But, you know, now we're faced with the fact that school's starting on Thursday and the parent says, you just haven't convinced me, doc. What do they have to do to convince you to say, okay, I'm going to write the note that says, I agree, you are a conscientious objector and with the understanding that we're going to continue this discussion? I think that this is going to vary from doctor to doctor and from state to state. I think that there are some states where under those circumstances and as a physician, ethically, I am not convinced that the parent is making a rational decision. In many states, the decision can then be made by the public health authorities and the Department of Health. Thank you very much, Dr. Bikini. Thank you very much, Bill. I was happy to do it. We've been discussing whether or not a conscientious objector should be granted an exemption to vaccination. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com and explore our on-demand and podcast features, which gives you access to our entire program library. Until next time, I wish you good day and good health.